Welcome back to the Charles Ogan Experience. Welcome back, everyone. Episode five. Episode five already. On a Sunday, too. This is on a Sunday. This is productive for a Sunday. Proper life gains on a Sunday, following the jiu-jitsu gains. Yeah, actual weights gains (laughs) and jiu-jitsu gains. I'm actually pleased we do this on a Sunday, to be honest. It feels like I'm not a lazy cunt anymore. Wow. I can still lace the rest of the day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's see, let's see. Let's it's see. nice today. Yeah. If it was shit weather, I might lace for the rest of the day. Yeah. But you know how it is. We did some good mountain details this week uh, um, in the jets. I guess yeah. next week we'll start adding that to the end of the podcast on the YouTube so that the fans can see some of Little those details. Clips that. Yeah. Um, what, are you, what are you working on this week in jiu-jitsu? What's working well? Any key t- details? Anything you're working on? I'm just continuing with the pressure passing. I'm... Uh, Focusing again a bit on legs, trying to just uh, okay. trying to just sharpen up all the legs just in case, you know. Yeah. I get someone who's trying to leg lock me as well, so I'm working on that. And then, uh, yeah, just back finishing. I'm just trying to make sure that if I get someone's back, I'm at least doing some damage. <laughs> <laughs> You're working on some sequences there? Yeah, some sequences. Yeah, just some d- details on like, yeah. like catching their chin with my elbow. That's what I've been... I mean, I'm, I can't really confirm that to be a good or, or bad idea, but that's what I'm working on at the moment, trying to catch people's chin with my elbow so I can, I can turn the chin and then I can feed my hand in deeper. Okay. To get, to get the, the grip around their face. And that's the, the Eric Krant, what's his name? Um, Ethan Krennison. Yeah, but it wasn't, if it was exactly his details, then I'd be pretty confident about it, but this is just something I'm trying to do to basically, oh, okay. this once is you get the face grip and yeah. you want to feed that hand behind, but their hand fighting too while I'm pulling your hand away. Yeah. If you can peel their face back first, rather than just pushing, pushing, push the shoulder and punching through. Some right. that works as well, but sometimes push, push, push the shoulder and then peel this way and then punch it through that way. Yeah. So you actually get really deep on the, okay. like covering your hand. That's my uh, idea. Get some good finishes from there. Some people get a bit salty about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I would. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be happy either. Yeah. We've adjusted your strength training recently as well. We're going for a little bit more lower reps. Mm. Uh, so decrease the volume, increase the yeah. intensity. As the we did mind. a bit of both, actually. Say again? We did a bit of both, right? We did the yeah. bench so, high reps. No, no, bench higher sets. So we've, done, oh, higher we've, sets. we've, done, we've decreased the reps and we've increased the, the oh, sets. So okay. It's, so it's like, let's do a little bit of strength towards the, end, the back end of your ADCC preparation. Yeah. So we've nice. gone to threes for deadlifts. Uh, four sets of three, four sets of five for the bench because we're stuck at one point. So we're nice. just going to decrease the volume. Uh, so decrease the reps, increase the sets yeah. as a way to get back nice, efficient movements in the weights room. And the weight's coming up nice. Weight's coming up nice. Yeah. Making some gains on Making the reverse some... lunges, the supersets. Yeah. And just my actual body weight. Yeah. AD... I'm, I'm actually going to have to cut for ADCC. Yeah. <laughs> a whole. 700 grams. Nice. Well, yeah. by then you'll probably be maybe 89 kgs, 90 kgs. Yeah, but yeah. Ideally, we're just going to go straight in, cut a tiny bit, and then nice smooth transition. Yeah, yeah. Easy. I don't want to actually cut. I want to just not eat or something for a morning. Yeah, just be yeah. relaxed. Relaxed. Because day before weigh-ins, yeah? It's day before, day off, and day off. There's, oh, there's two events. It's, yeah, it's like three, day, three weigh-ins and two days of matches. Got it. So it's actually good in a way because it means you've got to stay at the 88 point whatever yeah. kg the whole time through. So no one, no one's going to have... No like, one's going to blow out disgustingly. Yeah, yeah. And also, well, 
basically people just won't, uh, they'll just feel terrible if they're cutting really, really heavy. That's good. Yeah, which is good for me. It's good for everyone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Make, make the sport fucking a bit more legit. Because in UFC, like some guy, like Alex Piera, and there's a, there's a whole, whole bunch of people, but Alex Piera just springs to mind quickly. He, he fights in middleweight, which is 185 for the UFC. Mm. But he walks in, he's like 200 pounds. Yeah. Fuck, man. Yeah. Oh, to be fair, you can put on like five kilos in a day, like pretty easily. Yeah, yeah. Especially if you don't water weight. Yeah, but he's probably putting on like, what is that? Eight. It's like ten kilos. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that actually yeah, just fucking healthy. To a good point. It's hot as fuck at the moment. People are sweating. Electrolytes. Really important for jiu-jitsu athletes. Yeah. When did you get on them? You got on them like two months ago. I think I told you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think it does help, especially like during sessions. That's when I notice it the most. Maybe yeah. afterwards as well, but especially it's less noticeable. But during, I definitely notice that you have just a bit more like zing throughout the. <laughs> I mean, it's so key because what people don't really what people don't realize is is when you're especially in jujitsu, you're sweat you sweat so much, way mm. more than many other sports. Yeah, it, it's it's impossible to rehydrate yourself completely with just water. Yeah, it's absolutely impossible. So you need to get electrolytes are like king. For, re- for hydration. There's actually a hydration chart. Water is like one of the least hydrating things on this chart. Orange juice is more hydrating than water. Coca-Cola is more hydrating than water. Skimmed milk is very hydrating as well. Those are disgusting during training. <laughs> so get the electrolytes. That's, uh, milk for, for during all, training, for, imagine that. That'd be awful. But for all the user athletes, you really should you really should be getting electrolytes. Yeah, yeah, that's a good tip. Either whilst or def- def- definitely after training because yeah. you need to rehydrate, feel good again. Yeah. You're just not going to get that. The reason why is because you need to get sodium, potassium, yeah, um, and magnesium back into the body because we sweat these minerals out. Would you say eating a banana and drinking some water is the same? Yeah, put a bit of salt in the banana so you get the sodium, the salt okay, yeah. in the water so, so you get those whilst. What kind of salt, again, you ask? That's- <laughs> I didn't. I didn't bother. No, you did ask. Tell me what kind of salt I put in my water. Kind of um, no, it's you can you can put a little bit of Himalayan rock salt in there, but that's disgusting. So good. Yeah. Yeah. No, it does make a difference though. Hundred percent. If you if you get the uh, if you get the electrolytes in, you just at least during the session. Wait, I it's, felt like I, it's key. I'm just like a bit more even throughout the whole time. Even just like concentrating throughout the session, if you have the electrolytes, I feel like you can concentrate a bit better rather than just sort of zoning out towards the last third of the se- session. I mean, dehydration is, nice. is huge. If you're, not, if you're not hydrated properly, you fucking, yeah. the, the rate at which your muscles, fibers can work, concentration. Yeah, and you just start losing and getting injured. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's fucking dead. Severely <laughs> compromised. Yeah. All right, cool. We've got some questions this week as well. Yeah, that's Quite a few questions. Let's start with... Meal deal? What's my go-to meal deal? Uh, I don't really get them these days, but if I would, I would probably get the, because just because the variety is kind of shit now, but if I would, it would be coronation chicken. That's nice. Yeah. And a samba. It's coronation chicken samba. Yeah, yeah, sandwich, yeah, because the other ones are just too dry. Like, very occasionally, I'll just go for the plain bacon and ketchup one, but again, I don't like the bacon. In, yeah, it's always a bit like... It's not good quality, man. Yeah, yeah, it's not good quality. But neither is the coronation chicken, probably, but I've never had good quality coronation chicken. It so. tastes nice. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So that, then for the snack, I will have like a yogurt type thing. And then... Oh, yeah, <laughs> and then for the uh, for the drink, I tend to go for a for goodness shake these days. Or, for goodness shake? Yeah, What's that? it's just a shake. You've like seen those shakes in the... 
It's just another protein shake, like 25 grams or something. Oh, whoa, really? Yeah, yeah, Great. you can so get, you get that. You get, this is like over 50, like 60 grams of protein. <laughs> yeah, I'll get that. Or if I'm, if I'm already full, then I'll go Coke or, or water. Yeah. <laughs> just a water. A water. This is what people don't realize. I see people getting like a meal deal and they'll get like a bag of crisps, like some sandwich that has no protein in it. Yeah. And then like a full fat Coke. And it's like, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. That's no like protein. a... That's like a fun thing to eat, but yeah, but it's <laughs> not, necessarily, <laughs> not necessarily like filling. Yeah, you need you need the gains, man. Yeah, every, yeah. every meal that you have, protein. It yeah. doesn't just have over 30, 30 grams of protein. It's more filling as well if you have protein. At least you're like you're committing to eating something rather than because that's what protein does, bro. It fills you up, satiates you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just like I guess like crisps and like all of the sandwiches have protein, though. To be honest, it's yeah. just some of them are. Le- uh, less, less. Protein. I think some of them are just fucking disgusting. To be honest, like, like the breakfast triple, is <laughs> just fucking grim. Like, yeah, like cold sausages, cold bacon, cold egg. I don't mind that. Yeah, nice. it's it's fine, but if all mixed together, quality. and also yeah, if it's good quality, it's fine. Obviously, if you yeah. cook it from home, Plenty and then like no butter. Eggs. Like sometimes you open them, it's just like <laughs> the <laughs> shittiest little <laughs> spray of margarine. That's disgusting. Yeah. So that's my go-to. Okay. Well, that's a good hit. Like, yeah. honestly, that's, that's a good, solid answer. You're going to get at least 60 grams of protein. Yeah, yeah. It's probably going to be 700, 800 calories. To be that's fair, I don't think he was even asking about the protein. He was, just, he was just, he just wanted to know. Oh, okay. <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't to do with nutrition. Oh, it was just... <laughs> Philippe, oh, I want to talk about this. Felipe Pena and Gordon Ryan. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, my take was basically, yeah, that... Pen... So I haven't lost a friend recently but in my opinion it's weird you that you have haven't I have not no, no no I have not so like and and then competed straight after so my opinion is basically void but basically he should have just not done the match and once you do the match and you agree to terms you shouldn't just pull out of the match like 45 minutes in you have the option to do it by all means no one's forcing you to do the match but you you have to accept the disgrace afterwards yeah <laughs> you know it's one of those things you know how you see people like it's this classic like zero ownership at the end. Like he's like, oh, you know, very stressful. I tried to organ, I tried to pull out. It's like, well, the, the fact was he, they, he didn't pull out. He, he didn't pull out. And he's well, talking he about his, his dead friend, obviously rest in peace, uh, Leandro. Yeah. But like you, you, you took the fight, man. It just, if, and you lost, you quit. Just accept that you fucking quit. Yeah, yeah. Just accept it. Be like, you know what? I, I, wasn't, I wasn't there tonight. Yeah. Props to Gordon Ryan. You did really well. Yeah. And I quit and I'll see you again in rematch. And equally that's Gordon. That's it. Shut the fuck up. Gordon shouldn't have posted so much. Yeah, he's still posting. That's, but, but that's classic Gordon Ryan because he, he's just going to try and shame the fuck out of him. But I think if Hannah just accepted a better look, I wasn't there tonight. Yeah, I yeah. did quit. And you know what? Um, yeah. I'm sorry to let the fans yeah. down, but I'll be back better and stronger. Yeah. In hindsight, that's what Penner should have done. And, yes. And Gordon, but Gordon is still posting, like, trolling to Penner. Yeah. Penner's blocked him, so he, Penner can't see it. And Gordon's like, you already won. Like, like, imagine Gordon was humble one time. Like, that would be truly a goat status if it was like yeah, one day he was not, humble like wow he's so humble as well yeah, <laughs> he's, he's also, yeah you know hats off to Panna. you know it was an easy situation he took the fight and you know i look forward to seeing him again yeah at if he had said that despite penna like trying to troll him or whatever or, or penna dissing him after the match then that would be like he'd have shit all over penna purely from being kind 
Yes. Yeah, that would have been such a. It's just like watching two little kids in a, in a playground just who hate each other. <laughs> yeah. They just neither of them take any ownership. They're just like <laughs> just trying to kick each other in the you balls. You suck. No, like, yeah, <laughs> babies. Yeah, Great good though. Babies. Really strong and terrifying babies. Yeah, that fucked me up. It was good actually, the match though. Like, uh, yeah, Summer yeah. Penner's guard was, yeah, so in terms of the actual match, like, <laughs> 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 what do you actually think about <laughs> Yeah, like, I thought it was nice, like, the way Penner was recycling the 50 50. But that said, I don't think he threatened anything. There was one point where he had, like, his, his bear trap thing, and, and he also, like, started cranking Gordon's second toe to his hip and that looked fucking brutal on the on the knees or hips but because he was twisting one leg one way nah, he was twisting both legs the same way to be fair so that, that's why gordon was able to survive but it, it looked fucking brutal anyway so if you were going purely on sub attempts you would have given that to penner in the 45 minutes if he didn't just quit obviously but yeah if you're going on like positional dominance i feel like penner gave up as soon as gordon got to the overback grip or he started pressuring the overback grip which is what he's done Basically against everyone, yeah, he gave up, and it's like because he's very suspicious because he's just gonna start breaking him down. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he gave up at the perfect time, like before it was completely obvious to someone who doesn't do jiu-jitsu that you're getting fucked. He gave up because he's getting broken down, broken down, yeah. broken down, broken. It was just a matter of time yeah. then. Yeah, at yeah. That point. Like you'd need a keen eye to see that Penn is actually getting way more tired here, especially all the like 50-50 entrances. Like he's like pulling and recycling the leg, then lifting his hips up and crossing his legs, and Gordon's just sort of pushing down on the shins and then extracting his knee. Like that's much less tiring than what Penn is doing. That's an interesting point. Yeah. So yeah. Penn was doing way more work and Gordon was way more efficient. Maybe not way more, but I feel like he, he probably felt the lactic acid build up in his arms. Like you could see Penner started framing like that at the end and that's instantly where he's like, okay, this is the end now. Like, oh, wow. like oh, I've done my best guard, I've tried my best attempts and it didn't work. And now Gordon's learnt my game and he's just, just fucking you basically. He's going to put the weight down, he's going to get to a good position, yeah. he's going to smash. Yeah, exactly. So it was a good time to, to quit. And he got the rematch, so I'm looking forward to the rematch more than this match. What do you think is going to happen in the rematch? Uh, basically the same thing. Yeah? Yeah, basically the same thing. It might be even quicker now that Gordon understands Penner's game like even more. And if the rematch is... Because the last match was however many years ago, like five years ago. This one will be... Soon. Yeah, this one soon. So I don't know if it was five years ago. It was 2017. Yeah, it was five years ago. Yeah. So yeah, at ADCC. So so if the next match is sooner, I think it'll be easier for Gordon to just like crush him a bit quicker and then, you know, and because he knows the game. So he just yeah. Well, yeah, they'll, they'll do it. They'll do a rematch. though. they signed a rematch before they did this second match because because apparently Penner wasn't you know that was an offer as part of the deal. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Which is good. I think that's fair. Like, okay. Benefit of the doubt to Penna, he, he was stricken with grief and yeah, yeah. Needed, the, needed the day off, essentially. Well, they're going to run it back and we'll, fucking, we'll, we'll, yeah, see, we'll, we'll see. see what's going to happen. ADCC we'll is coming up as well, so they might face, face each other again in ADCC. Yeah. Um, Keen for that, that'll be nice. How are you feeling for ADCC? I'm feeling good, I'm ready. I'm, uh, I'm excited. Like, like we were saying last time, just, uh, just nice to feel the levels. Yeah, uh, and the 88kg and the yeah. absolute division. Yeah, the 88kg and the absolute, yeah, because no one going to Las Vegas just for four matches. No, man. Go to, yeah, yeah, go for eight matches. How do you think you'd match up with uh, Lachlan Giles? Lachlan, oh, he's good, isn't he, though? You're <laughs> also think, good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah but still, he's, uh, he's, he's, got, he's like very, uh, you know, clever grappler, so yeah, I, yeah. I wouldn't be able to catch him out with... Wouldn't, wouldn't be able to catch him like just doing random shit. Yeah. I think it would be a very long drawn out 
match. Yeah, long drawn out match if I were to catch him. Yeah, because I like Lachlan because basically he's got like nice details on his submeta shit. I use a lot of his stuff, so. Submeta's sick, I really like him. I would have to use other things basically. I'd have to use other people's get like, I would just copy Jason Rao's moves and try and use them against Lachlan. For example, not necessarily Jason Rao. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we get the point. So you use yeah. someone else's tactics against Lachlan Johnson. Yeah, and, and maybe watch matches that he's lost in the past. Yeah. To be fair, though, he hasn't really lost that many. He lost JT to Torres. Yeah, like and Gordon and Lucas Lepre. So it's like you have to basically be be the best in the world to beat to beat him so far. That's that's what it seems like to I, me. Anyway, I'd like to see that match. I think it'd yeah. be a fun match to watch. Yeah, or I could just stall and wrestle him. Yeah, that would be great as well. Again. Yeah, yeah. Just, well, I don't know about a bully, but yeah. you know, when in doubt, just don't do any fucking jujitsu and just wrestle people and stalk. <laughs> <laughs> That's always an option now. It is. That's it always is. an option. I'd like to see that. Person. Yeah, yeah, that'd be fun. Be on the other side of it for once. Just do like a shitload of collar ties until, until I get headbutted and then he gets DQ'd. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't even blame him either. Fair enough, buddy. You're DQ'd, man. I win this match. <laughs> How do you think you'd match I up bump. against um, Orlando Sanchez? Is he in that? I don't know, maybe. Marcus Pachesha? Maybe again. No, he's doing MMA. I don't think he'll be in it. Oh, he's not? Yeah, he's, he's doing MMA with one FC. He might be in it, but I don't think so. I think he would kind of retired from Jiu Jitsu competition. Has he? Yeah. And he's or- done a lot for the, the sport. Yeah. Orlando Sanchez, I don't know. Again, yeah, what do you even do? Like, try and get the legs? Like, all, all I think about when I, when I think about sparring like ridiculously huge people is the Gary Turner versus Polaris match, where you're just oh, like. Yeah. Just standing up and sitting down over and over again so at some point they have to stand up and you can sit down between their legs really fast and get to the legs <laughs> <laughs> that's a good match though but, uh, yeah that was a great match yeah yeah and that was like a great example of you know just even though you're much lighter you can still do some damage to the big guys. movement of the bigger guy yeah yeah by just doing basic shit like standing up and sitting down you know if you're playing guard and you True. stand up and they stay seated while well, they're on bottom now and they're fucked that's a good question what what's what's attack Classic, uh, someone, for someone smaller versus a bigger guy in an absolute division, what's a, what's a, a classic yeah, tactic? It, it tends to be the legs, doesn't it? People always get the legs, or like if, if you're going to be, you know, a goat, then you can go for the back, but ultimately it's, it's fucking hard, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, legs and back. Otherwise, you just, you're just not going to have an advantage in any sense, really. Yeah, front like, on, disaster. Yeah, you, you're not going to mount someone bigger and, and effectively wear them out without getting bridged over most likely anyway uh you could do you could watch the uh, andrew tackett though andrew tackett versus the big fella what's his name jiu-jitsu giant oh damn yeah oh, damn. and i think he finished him with a rear naked choke i think he was just like his back. pushing his face just annoying him running around him and stuff like very easy to disengage and come back in but uh, i basically think big dan should have not pulled guard yeah you know that's that would be a very clever strategy not to just pull guard because he's yeah, because yeah, he's bigger huge. than him. He's, he's just, bigger just, than him. Just wait for him. What's, yeah, 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 what's going to happen if you don't pull guard? He's just going to walk him down. And yeah. even if you get taken down, just stand back up again. And, and sooner or later, once you get to top position, young Tackett will be fucked sooner or later. So it's, yeah. it was just a bad strategy, in my opinion. Yeah. yeah. I, was, I was happy to see that, though. That was pure jujitsu. Yeah, that's good advice. Smaller guy beating the giant. Yeah, try and, if you can get to top position, that would be great as well. So things like... Uh, I like low singles against bigger guys, like head inside, low singles, ankle picks. Yeah. You could try duck unders, but again, if you fuck up, then you're really getting, you're getting crushed, yeah. Front headlock to hell. Yeah, and uh, 
Things like collar ties are going to be very difficult if they're bigger. You assume they're also taller than you. Like drags, again, just the size of them. They're going to be stronger than you as well. It's going to be yeah. harder. You have to use like movement and you, you'd have to, you'd have to like wear them down very well or like get a lot of information on how they're reacting to stuff to, to be able to get the takedown and then work from there. That would be my strategy anyway if someone was like fucking huge or just to go for the legs. But again, if I was to go for the legs, I wouldn't do it necessarily from a seated guard position where they can put their, you know, forehead in front of you. <laughs> I would do it like stand try up. Try angle. Yeah, try and get, yeah, exactly. Try and get some sort of angle yeah. up, down or sideways and yeah, catch them from there. That's good. That'd be the dream. So we've got some good matches to watch for the fans to watch. Andrew Tackett, Big Dan, the Jiu-Jitsu Giants, Gary yeah. Smith and Paul Harris. Yeah, yeah. Watching Marcelo Garcia in any in any kind of absolute division. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was a question, wasn't it? The old school guys. What old school guys did I watch? Yeah. So Marcelo, yeah. I tried to watch Roger, but I don't I don't have a subscription to Roger Gracie TV, so there's not much on YouTube. Yeah. But he obviously people do watch him because everyone's just copying what he did back in the day. Good pressure passing. Yeah. He also, it was just he was fucking relentless, man. Yeah. He just doesn't he doesn't quit. Yeah. Um, yeah. He would just keep going to the fucking bitter end. Yeah. <laughs> bitter end. It was, never, it was never bitter for him. No. <laughs> it was fine for him. But watching that ADCC match, um, I don't remember what it was, where he just keeps going for takedown after oh, takedown yeah. after takedown. And the guy just gives up, up. Gets back up. Yeah. Gets back up. And they, got, they go for like double overtime and the guy just he doesn't go Yeah, yeah. That was nuts to be fair. It's kind of scary the fact that you have to do that sometimes to win a match though. I was talk when we get when we, when we get Roger on, we'll talk about it. He's going to come in soon, by the way. I would love to. I would love to hear his take on that. Like, what the what the fuck was that guy on to just? Hey, Rog. just no, not Rog. The other guy to, to continue. Just, I mean, obviously, yeah, Rog. But you just he was he was being more efficient, so he wasn't getting as tired as the other guy. Yeah. But like, how did the other guy survive so long? Basically. Yeah, yeah, just fitness, man. Yeah, just fitness. Yeah, we'll, just go to the gym. We'll get Rog on soon. Either before we Rog go away to America or when we get back. Either way, he's keen. So nice. Yeah, let's see, let's see what he get. He's gonna be on soon. So yeah, yeah that sounds push. good. Rog and, and pops. Huh? Rog and yeah, pops. Mauricio. Mauricio's got great <laughs> stories, man. <laughs> yeah. Winding Rog up. That'd be good fun. That'd be a fun podcast. Uh, let's get the next question. SNC for younger grapplers. Yeah. This is key. This, yeah, is, this, is, this is the reason why I took young Owen Jones on. I just think it's really important, especially for the young guys coming up. Um, you can start strength and conditioning at like 13. I really started lifting weights when I was like 13 years old. Didn't really know what I was doing. Got super, super strong, but <laughs> technique wasn't excellent. So I, I had the, the joy of some injuries in my younger career. But if you learn how to do it correctly, it is it's gonna be so beneficial. Just start with like two sessions a week, super basic. Like any athlete that, that comes into the weight room, super basic. What are some good compound lifts? Like a deadlift, a bench, a squat, some accessory exercises around yeah. there. You can basically run that program for like 16 to 18 weeks and I'll just keep getting gains, 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 yeah. gains. Because they're new to training. Get really good technique, be consistent with it, and yeah. you get you get fucking fantastic results. Just progressively overload. Progressive overload means just make the training harder over time. So it's become more challenging. It's not gonna fatigue you. Don't get injured. Make sure your technique is good. Don't get greedy with the weights on the bar. Mm. That's essentially why I took on our friend, young Owen Jones, young Wesley. Because <laughs> when you're young, you need, to, you need, to, you need it. You want, you, want to be, you want to be ahead of your competition. Yeah. So you either get yourself a coach or 
I'll put some links uh, in the in the podcast link of where you should learn to, to, to lift from. Yeah. Shout, I'll, I'll, I'll plug my own YouTube channel because I've got some technique demonstrations, but just learn, t- learn proper technique. Don't get greedy, do the big compound lifts safely and well and just make it progressively harder over time yeah. super fucking simple. to be fair if you look at like wrestlers in russia and stuff do you think the 12 year olds aren't doing weights obviously they're doing some sort of weights of course they so are. they're they're probably freakishly strong and athletic at, yeah. at like eight it's also called like the big thing that russians do is a pyramid of sport they don't they don't specifically specialize in one fucking thing like a lot of wrestlers they'll still be like playing basketball or cross country running or yeah. some, some like, like tennis or whatever the fuck, water polo, all those, they'll be doing yeah. an array of different sports up to like age 10, 12, and then they'll start specializing. Yeah, so if yeah. you're a kid, do a whole, do a whole variety of sports. Yeah, yeah. Judo, sambo, karate, uh, try a whole bunch of other shit. Yeah. And then once you get a little bit older, 12, 13, then you can start specializing a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, that's basically what I did actually. Yeah. Because yeah. then you get a good balance and coordination of all kinds of different sports. Yeah. Team sports are important as well. Um, do you play much team sport? You do much team sport. Nah, not really. I yeah. used to like basketball and football. You did? Yeah, I used to like basketball and football. I think basketball That's a just, team sport. Just, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, oh, yeah, but, but like, yeah, okay. yeah, not anymore though. Like now I just, now I CBA with that. I just, no, you don't need to do that yeah. now. But like when you're a kid, it's fun yeah. to do that kind of stuff. Because you want to do things that are fun as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That was, that was great. I guess it's not really, yeah, it's not really a team sport doing judo. But you could have like team activities in the judo. Yeah, it's a yeah. team culture. Yeah, it's yeah, a t- team culture. It's yeah. a team culture. <laughs> yeah. That's which is important because you're, yeah. you're in a room full of other dudes who are trying to do all the same shit yeah also if you're always just like fighting each other then you probably just wouldn't enjoy yourself no. just turning up and having horrible sessions and no exactly when you get to like 12, 13 you get your brain can process a little bit better and then you can yeah. do more specialised stuff challenge yourself a little bit more but I guess yeah, yeah, S&C for point. younger grapplers start super fucking simple don't, you don't not, nothing needs to be great like nothing nothing complex start with some compound movements deadlift, bench, squat Maybe deadlift once a week, squat twice a week, or squat once a week, and then add some accessory moves around that. Keep the sessions between 45 minutes and 60 minutes. Get done. Do technique really well, and that's yeah. all the best video. Yeah, that's yeah. What you I guess the main main concern for people is injuring their child, isn't it? Yeah, but if you have a coach and if you're doing things properly, yeah, then and you're you not do. being greedy with your progress, like, here's how here's how fucking people get injured. They don't do the fucking lifts. They don't learn how to do the lifts properly, and they go, oh, last week I did 40 kilos. This week I'm going to do. 70 kilos <laughs> or like so people do that or like this week i'm going to try 60 kilos versus 40 it's like bro just do 45 this week and then the week after do 50 or 48 <laughs> yeah, so yeah. just don't get greedy progress the, the, all training yeah, yeah. has to be is progressively more challenging over time yeah yeah that's i it. guess you, you wouldn't grow like 50 percent more if you did manage to lift the, the 60 instead of the 40 would you What's going to happen is it's going to be, it, it may be like, we're talking about like a younger athlete, it may yeah. be really hard and your technique may be compromised. Like if 40 was way too easy last week and you can still do 60 really well, great, stay at 60. Yeah. But if 60 is like really challenging and your technique's breaking down, that's a bad idea to stay there. You're better off just building up slowly, keeping learning, yeah. keep learning really good technique. Yeah, so yeah. then by the time you get to 60, you know your technique is absolutely dialed in. Like, like when you deadlift or, or bench or whatever, you know the cues that you need to do to perform the lift safely. Yeah, 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 true that. And I guess cues. the more you do it, the easier those cues come to mind. Yeah, like muscle, the, mu- muscle yeah. memory. Yeah, like the bent over rows. 
We'll get I gotta remember. We'll <laughs> gotta remember the lats yeah, before yeah. I go, or else they just fuck up and, and yeah, never do it. Yeah, breaking the bar, yeah. behind the whole movement of the just the squeeze shoulder blades. Yeah, yeah. So I guess that's the most risky thing when you're lifting weights. Is not is that's the hardest bit is just not doing too much. Don't do too much. Yeah, because yeah. it's easy to be like, oh, I'm just gonna make it make it really hard this week. So like, yeah. you can still just make it slightly hard and like work in a challenging range. Yeah. Just maybe cut your rest down a little bit, and then next week make it a little bit harder. Basically, trying to lift all the weights in one go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just get it done in one. That's a big, big tip. Don't get greedy on the weights. Just keep it, keep it progressively harder over time. Yeah. There's no, doesn't have to be an end to this. You can lift weights forever. Yeah. If you do it safely in a progressive manner. It's actually quite hard to balance it with being too easy as well, though. Yes. So imagine if I just went to the gym on my own. It would probably be too easy a session, or I would get injured. I would never find the perfect. Balance. Yeah, I would never find the perfect <laughs> I would just either injure myself, like, yeah, or it would just be like, ah, fuck it, just, just do a tiny bit less. Like, very rarely, I mean, it's very hard to discipline yourself on your own yeah. to get the perfect setting. I guess how I program some of my online stuff is this, well, not I guess, this is how I program my online stuff, and what we talked about last week is working with a, a reps and reserve range or an RPE. Oh, yeah, things, yeah. Should be, should, things should be like, Ideally, like seven to nine RPE or two to yeah. three, like let's say one to three reps in reserve. If you're always blasting the zero to one reps in reserve, you just, it's week in, week out. It's going to fatigue you too much. Technique's going to break down. It's, yeah. it's not going to be ideal. If you can and work. You dread it as well. So you're going to dread it. Yeah. And there's also ways of doing things. Strength is very specific. So things need to be heavier for strength. But you, you should be working within that like 75 to 85% range for the bulk of your work. For hypertrophy, you can do. You can work at like kind of lower spectrum, but you can do way more reps. So things, volume is volume. Not necessarily, but like volume is what builds muscle. Yeah, intensity yeah. is what builds strength. Volume is what builds muscle. Nice. Yeah. So more reps. If we're doing more reps, working within ten to twenty rep ranges. More swall. More swall. Yeah. That's what you want to feel. More swall is fuck. More just, swelling. Yeah. Yeah. I guess you want to feel swelling and also feel strong. Yeah, exactly. That would be ideal. Get a big pump. Yeah. That's, that's, that's gains. And also like muscle mind connection, that takes time to build. People are like, yeah. oh, like I don't, I'm not really feeling my bicep. Do, do an exercise that where you do feel your bicep. As yeah, an example yeah. for an isolation exercise. Yeah, that's hard. If you're trying to do like a specific exercise to grow a specific muscle part, this isn't necessarily relevant for relevant for jiu-jitsu athletes, but I think just yeah. for weights, anyone who's just doing weights, yeah. you should like, if you're not feeling the target muscle area work, maybe you need to spend more time doing that exercise or swap the variation so you do feel that target muscle group. Yeah. Because that's not, it's not working for you because maybe because of your limbs, the leverages that you have. Like everyone is gonna have a different kind of stance that works for them for deadlifters, things like that. Yeah, yeah. As we know, so maybe to change the variation or change the way that you're doing the exercise so you do feel the target muscle yeah. groups. Something like a bicep curl, everyone's gonna feel that. You've got to be fucking stupid about it. <laughs> you would be surprised that maybe a different variation of a bicep curl you may feel more like a pre say like if you've been doing bicep curls for so long where it's like man I just feel like my forearms are going to be explode yeah. it's like okay maybe try a hammer curl maybe try a preacher curl maybe try a yeah. different variation to be fair curl. yeah the cable rows always felt those were a bit forearmy yeah a bit forearmy yeah yes. through that so then do a different variation yeah, yeah. hammer curls hammer fist hammer fucking curls <laughs> hammer curls right next right. question when rolling am I thinking about the next move or am I just going with it? That's a classic thing, isn't it? Uh, yeah. I think, uh, I think you're, I'm actually you, you are thinking answer. about the next move your opponent does more than your next move. Your next move is based on what they do. So a bit more waiting and like recognizing moves. So for example, you recognize 
let's say I see a gap between someone's elbow and rib, to me that means underhook. To someone that doesn't do jiu-jitsu, that's just a gap between the elbow and ribs. So you have to start recognizing the cues for when a move is and isn't available and then base your next move upon that. And if, you, if you're thinking about a move, it's too late, essentially. You need, to, you need to be doing the move as you're thinking about it as an automatic reaction. So I don't know if it's called muscle memory or whatever it's called, but... Yeah, like, like when they, you see they put like goggles on footballers so they can see what they're looking at whilst they're playing. Yeah. It's that kind of thing. If you had it on like high-level jiu-jitsu guys, they'd probably be scanning like next to the guy's elbow. They'd probably see where the hands are. So yeah, they might be looking at the floor. For me, I look at, let's say I'm playing guard, I'll tend to just look at someone's hips to see where they're moving. And then like I can see their hands and stuff in, in, in my peripheral vision. But yeah, if you look at someone's hips, you can see their feet as they're moving and you can also see their upper body as they turn a bit. But you'll, you always keep a good track on where they actually are at the same time. So you can see where they are and where they're going. And then from top, I'm just like basically looking all around and trying to see when their head starts to move that's probably the quickest indicator of what they're doing. Yeah. You know, if they reach for an underhook, it tends to be their head moves at the same time as their hands. So yeah. it'd be easier to see their whole spine move in. So yeah, that's it. Just like, yeah. That's actually, that, that's, that's awesome. So you're just wa waiting for their reactions. And you talk yeah. about this when we train as well. You're looking for that, how, how they're going to yeah. react. And test it. Like if they're doing nothing, obviously you don't wait. You test. present something. They do something and then you see how they react to whatever you presented. Or if they're being more aggressive and you're kind of on the back foot, then you can be catching up with what they're doing and defending it well. Yeah. And then eventually you get to a position where you've got tempo and you can start to move first or you can break their cycle of attacking because yes. you've managed to recognize what they're doing like yeah. as it's happening. So yeah, most of it is recognizing the move. So when people are drilling, like it's harder if you don't train often because you have to like, what position is this again? Like you, you show a move and it's like it's half guard and it's like there's you know there's quite a few half guards but I show a half guard variation yeah. and like people start and it's just all over the place like limbs all in the wrong place I'm yeah. like it's not going to work until you get the actual positioning right because otherwise you're not recognising the right time to do the move you're just yeah. doing it because you know it and you're not seeing the window of opportunity either yeah. that's an interesting point you brought up like like a gap in the elbow that's an like it, thinking yeah. about the next move that's an underhook there's not always an underhook either yeah. yeah but there's a gap there I can yeah. exploit that gap yeah exactly yeah but for example let's say you're De La Hiva and they're holding your ankle you can shoot the underhook but if it's De La Hiva and they let go of your ankle you're not going to shoot the underhook you look for the back step instead so that's that sort of like decision making that you've got to make or, or and you could do it consciously or unconsciously like you could shoot for your underhook and you see okay like this guy's particularly letting go of my leg yeah. next time I'm going to pretend I go for the underhook and then switch to a back step and, oh. uh, yeah. Sorry, and yeah, that's just how, how you how you could think about it. So you build up reactions. How would one improve this knowledge? I think you should have three or four moves off off a set position, and you try and work them as a as a trio or something. Can you give us an example? So yeah, like that that last example there. So let's say underhook to knee cut, uh, and then let's say they've taken their hand off, and you want to go for the back step. And then as a third reaction, if they take their hand off and then they pull both their knees in really tight to their chest, so you, you can't go for the knee cut and you can't go for the back step, then I might go for like a Toriando loose passing. Yeah. 
Got it. So yeah, that would be like three three examples. Oh, okay. Yeah. And you can chain them together. Yeah, and then you yeah chain them together, or just like make the right decision at the right time, so you can pressure them a little bit, and then you do you keep re repeating that. So let's say you do a toriando, you get to sort of leg drag position, then they have three more options. Maybe they try and pummel that leg over the top. That's probably the, the most common reaction. Yeah. Then you're ready to duck under it or go to north south. If they just frame, you know, then you can be ready to like start to clear the frames and drop your weight. Okay. And then if they turn their bottom knee in, you can be ready for the heel hook for off the leg drag. So yeah, and, and same thing, each time you do one of your options, they'll have three or four different responses they can give and you've got to be ready for each response. Sick. And yeah, and let's say you miss it one time, then next time you can go through your whole cycle again. You do all the same things you did before and they react in exactly the same way again. And then when you finally get to that bit that last time you lost it, you're ready for that reaction and you can catch them. But yeah, that's why it takes a while to work people out. That's why you have that like feeling out stage. So in competition, better not to just go super hard because you at the start because you're just making it obvious what you're trying to do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Fill people out. So yeah, know, yeah. yeah, exactly. Fill people out. Like getting a reaction could be as little as just looking somewhere. Literally, wow. just look at the underhook and they go, "Oh, he's looking at the underhook. I'm going to move my hand." And yeah. See how they react. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. With minimal telegraphing as well. Also, that goes into. I was watching one of our previous podcasts, energy expenditure as well. Yeah. So like rather than doing like a big move coming out too hard, yeah. beta will reaction. Yeah, Thanks. exactly. Yeah. Try and get them to overreact and then and then see what you can get off of it. That's a key detail. And like timing as well, that could be like, you know, you see that there's the opportunity. Let's say I see I have there's the underhook there and he's leaving the underhook there for me. Mm. I'm not gonna go for it straight away because I've got to step over this leg first and now I'll go for the underhook and fucking blast through. Uh, so that's another thing is like even though you see that's another like bit of reacting I guess is even though you see an opportunity you need to make sure that the rest of it fits your move as well so that's why uh, same with if you're playing bottom half guard you need all your bits in place first before you do your move because you know even if something's available if, if your knee is already crushed that's not available anymore yeah so yeah, yeah. that's key yeah having, that's, all the, having all the pieces ready to go at once yeah exactly yeah and not n timing that's basically how timing fits in with that is uh, making sure that you have everything there before you go for your move. That's sick. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a good, that was a good question. Fair play. Fair play. That is Fair a good play, question. Roro. Yeah. All right, cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's his name. That's that his name. Good. Don't ask me. What's his name? Roro. Ro it's not actually. It's Rohan. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's Roro. Yeah, that's pretty good. I think we're making, we're making some uh, yeah. some good progress on this podcast today. Yeah. I like this. All right, what well, we got? Straight ankle lock. Popularity. So yeah, that's... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, so I would say basically that's because people started using the Aoki lock more. So it's not necessarily that straight ankle lock finishes are happening more often, it's just that people are combining it better, so the setups are better and, uh, and the counters are better. And also I have one more thought with that, is that people keep rolling out of heel hooks and they turn themselves belly down. Yeah. So when someone's belly down, it's a perfect opportunity to try and straight foot lock them. Yeah. So I think people are reverse engineering it, so use the heel hook threat, which people are getting very good at turning out of it preemptively. Like rather than waiting to turn, they're just turning, and then you get the straight footlock grip, and then they continue turning, even though maybe they should build height into you, and and yeah, you can start to bridge. Belly down, eight footlocks are just awful. Yeah, yeah, it's an awful place to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are, you, are you getting many people with uh, straight foot, straight ankle locks? Yeah, I don't, I don't feel good when I do it. To be honest, I always feel like hmm, like you probably could have survived that. Like like sometimes I feel like people tap even even if you're running out of range. Yeah. Like a lot of people have glass feet. They just get a bit scared because I know they... Yeah, they just get scared. Like, I don't know what it feels like, to be honest, but 
like if, if I'm doing it and, and also if someone's really squeezing your foot sometimes you just you just don't want to risk it but it, yeah. it's not it's I don't like doing them I, I don't feel any satisfaction from the air because I know that if it's competition like probably it's just adrenaline you're not really going to feel that anyway yeah unless you're actually going to break their shin fair play yeah fair play yeah. um explosive power for jiu-jitsu how to train and genetics uh yeah. How much explosive power do you really need for jiu-jitsu? It just depends on like your training age as well. Like I think if you really look into like explosive strength, speed and power is kind of really like the end range of strength and conditioning. So it's like when, when we when we approach like a, a strength training block, we want to get usually build muscle first or build either strength, strength or muscle first, and then those two phases will potentiate the next couple of phases. Power and speed usually come in like the, once we already have enough muscle and strength to do so. Yeah. If you look at some of the matches, especially from the lighter guys, yes, they're explosive, yes, they're kind of like fast as well, but I think I don't think like doing a lot of explosive training is necessary for Jiu-Jitsu. Like our buddy Steve, uh, Nick Curson, he's, doing, he's working with a lot of sport. speed of sport. That's MMA more. That's though, MMA it? more. It doesn't apply as much to jiu-jitsu. I mean, I want, I want yeah. your take on this. Like, when I'm, when I'm rolling with you, you're not, like, explosively doing things. I think you just need to be super strong isometrically, have good conditioning and muscle yeah. endurance. I don't think you necessarily need to be particularly explosive. Also, if you're not already explosive genetically, it's very hard to train. Yes, you can get, certainly you can get better, but versus like someone who's naturally very explosive, let's say like JT Torres, you're not gonna catch him. Like you're yeah. gonna catch up to his level of explosiveness if you're not already very explosive yeah. in the first place. I think in the gi maybe it's more worth explosion. Yeah. Cause you like get a grip and then you whatever, set up the rest of your position for the grip. And then you might do, for example, like a belt grab, then you might just like lift them up really hard off the belt grab. Yeah. Like I see Rafael Mendes doing that a lot anyway. And I feel like that's, that's kind of explosiveness yeah. in a way, but it's not like punching, is it? No. Yeah. So like, if you are looking to, to put some explosive stuff into your, into your training, you, when, you, when you do train stuff explosively, you, you're gonna use lower intensities and move it very, very quickly. The training has to be done fast. So you're typically looking at lower rep, lower rep ranges, uh, lower intensities and moving it fucking quickly as fast as possible with big rests because you need to be able to repeat the effort as hard as hard and as fast as possible otherwise it's not explosive otherwise it's, it's not explosive it's muscle endurance it's muscle endurance yeah, yeah. so yeah. Uh, is it worth your set 60 minutes in the gym perhaps but is, are you better off just becoming like a fr freakishly strong and have excellent conditioning I think so yeah, I think, that's the answer. I think I'd rather just have really strong grips than be explosive. Yeah, I think so too. Like if you could just, for example, Toriando, if you're going side to side and like throwing people's legs to the side, yeah. I'd rather just be able to hold their legs really hard and right. then just circle and pressure their legs with like ridiculously strong grips. Yeah, just be but, really strong yeah. isometrically and just like drown them in a pool of <laughs> just strength and endurance. Just be stronger and have better endurance than them. I think that's going to be more beneficial than explosive yeah. power. That's my opinion, I think. Unless you're already a free, Yeah, I kind of get that. Super aggressive. What's there's, your, not, what's your yeah, there's not many times when you'd be explosive. I think, I think maybe footwork drills are probably underused in jiu-jitsu though like really precise placement of your feet. So you're balanced, you're able to direct your strength very well. Yeah. And you're able to like 
put your feet in perfect positions and like okay. stay balanced on, on your feet as you move around passing guard. How would you do this? I don't know. That's, I, I, I don't <laughs> like, so how, how would I do it in jiu-jitsu? Just, just drilling with people? Yeah, like maybe drilling like perfect position for your legs, but more like being able to balance on one foot and then, you know, having your feet wide and then bringing them in very well and, and being able to just like transfer your weight perfectly from foot to foot without stumbling or wobbling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I guess some of that weight that can be developed in the weight room as well, like single leg deadlifts, doing single leg work, walking lunges, building, building that strength in a stable yeah. environment off single legs and single limbs, that, that strength that you get from doing that will be transferred yeah. to single leg work in, in jiu-jitsu, having yeah. better balance, understanding how to tripod your foot correctly, you're yeah. feel, feeling more confidence in your knees to be able to stand on one leg that you know that your knees not going to explode because you have really strong quads and strong ass and having a bit of more confidence. Yeah, yeah. True that. Balancing the feet. Also having flexible feet is very important. Flexible feet yeah. and ankles because that's what's going to allow your balance. If your yeah. ankles are stiff and your toes are stiff, that's not going to help your balance whatsoever. Yeah, you need good, good plantar. That's key. No one has that. Plantar flexion is pointing, planting the foot down, dorsiflexion, the foot's coming up. So yeah, good, 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 good plantar and dorsiflexion of the feet. Yeah, so Toes key. too, if, you're, if you've got really stiff toes, that is gonna, really gonna affect your balance. Yeah, yeah. Big also time. just your feet, if you, don't, if you can't plantar flex your foot properly, there's so many times where you're just gonna toe hold yourself by falling over. Yeah. I just feel like a moron. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing you can do. Like, like, for example, if you're sitting kneeling and someone pushes you back over your feet, if you've got stiff ankles, you might just break your leg. Yeah, you're just gonna tap, 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 tap. Yeah, you need to. You gotta work that range. Having really like, like you've got very flexible hamstrings, very flexible hips too. I think that's what helps your balance. But obviously, you're very coordinated in those moves. You use them. But like flexible feet, flexible hamstrings. Obviously, having strong legs flexible toes that's what's really going to pay dividends in your balance yeah. yeah in terms of flexibility yeah knees to chest really important yes i mean so hip flexors yeah quads need to be reasonably flexible yeah and then yeah i think hamstrings is pretty important as well because then you can actually yeah. that's your balance man yeah. if you can't even bend over to touch your toes your balance is going to be a little bit off yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah needless to say you're probably probably obese too yeah yeah all right <laughs> okay. man i think we're this is pretty, I think we've done a pretty productive podcast today. We could leave some yeah, yeah, we got through all the questions. There was one more on, what how does it feel that your job is sucking toes? Uh, I, did, I haven't actually sucked any toes, but sweat has once dripped off Jed's toe into my mouth. How's that? I was salty. I had to take a moment again and consider if I wanted to do this sport. How long ago was that? Well, I'm continuing, aren't I? So. <laughs> I go back. <laughs> any, any interesting characters this week? Uh, Drugs-wise. Anything, well, you can talk about anything, man. Hmm. Not off the top of my head. I mean, there's always... I saw some guy walking around Richmond, and he's... <laughs> bruh, his whole foot was bleeding, and his toe was like... Like, imagine that's his toe, just bent over completely. So it looked like he'd been wearing, like, high heels, but he'd been, like fucking mashing his foot into the high heels and they were like, you know, open toe, but point pointed at the end. It just looked like a fucked up toe anyway in Richmond. So yeah. That's messed up. Yeah, Richmond, I like, yeah, bro. He, he, he was, was fine, he was not worried. If, I was, if that was me, obviously I'd be panicking and going to the doctors instantly, but he wasn't even limping. He was fine. It was on my Instagram. 
Was he, yeah, yeah, he was on my Instagram. Yeah, yeah I posted yeah, so. on the Instagram. So yeah, because well, he wasn't asking for help. So you're like, well, he must be. Yeah, yeah. I felt a bit guilty afterwards, but yeah, like I was saying, uh, if he wasn't asking for help, clearly he's on drugs. So. <laughs> 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 like, some sort of mainly painkiller. Maybe he's found the help and he's he's already on the he's ibuprofen. On, he's, on, he's already on the help the help yeah. train, man. He's it's on just, the drugs. It was just the no shoes and the fact that he wasn't limping. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he there must some, be so fucked. There are some fucking characters around, man. Yeah. Great. Well, well what do. a great note to finish on. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Thank Thanks you. again. Good to see you. Thank you. Good to see you. Good to see you guys. Uh, remember to subscribe, like, and if you want to get your leg lock game better, you need to get the UK variant or yeah. BJJ Fanatics. BJJ Fanatics. Also, if you can rate our podcast on Spotify, remember to subscribe on YouTube. That's extremely helpful. It all counts. It all adds up. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Good I do. Nice. Was.